This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away back. Goal. Gohei hits a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy end blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, a happy Tuesday to everybody, and welcome to A's Cast Live as we were back. We had a very rare spring training day off yesterday. I hope everybody enjoyed the day off. I know I did. Played a little golf, as they say on the East Coast. What'd you do, Cody? Worked. Went to our office in Oakland. There you go. There you go. No days off. That's right. Bill Belichick once told me no days off. No day. He gets every weekend off, let's be honest. Ah, <laughs> uh, so it was nice to uh, be away from baseball for a little bit, but get back in action. We've got a special show for you today because one of my all-time favorites, he's a local kid, not a kid anymore. He's a grade A. He was a great A under Bob Melvin. And I think anybody who was around during that time will tell you how special he was inside the clubhouse for what would be a dramatic run by the Oakland Athletics. The great Johnny Gomes is going to join us today. Johnny's salt of the earth. Absolutely love him. He's now the minor league outfield and base running coordinator for the D-backs. As we will be previewing, remember, we're doing every team. We're in the NL West. We started with the rock pile. You call it Rocktober. I don't know why. That hasn't happened since... 2017, I think. What were they? were the World Series in 07? 07, yeah. That was rock. That was the real Rocktober was 07 against the Red Sox, where they had... Really one of the great runs in the history of baseball where they won, like, their last 17 games or something like that. They were unbelievable in the season. And then they and then beat the Padres in the extra game because you had to have that one extra game to see who won the division. Or was it wild card? I think it was the uh, – They played an extra game against the against the Padres. They did. And, then and, they... T- and, and um, what's his name? Uh, Holiday still hasn't touched home plate. <laughs> I was waiting and, for that to get mentioned. There was re- That's always the joke. Like, if there was replay, he would he was out. So they went on to win the NL. They went on to win the division series over the Phillies. They swept them. Then they went on to sweep. So did they win the division? 
they actually would have finished. No, they finished second in the division. Okay, so they had to play that. So they won 17 straight, then played San Diego at Coors Field, won that. Then they, I believe, swept then whoever they played. It was the Phillies. Swept the Phillies. Then they swept the D-backs in the championship series. So you're talking like they'd won 26, 27 straight games before that. And the Red Sox took forever to get to the World Series. And it's that old you don't want to win too early scenario. Yeah, and then they swept the Red Sox, swept the Rockies in the World Series. Well, we did the Rockies already. We did the San Francisco Giants with our buddy, the Hall of Famer, Marty Lurie, last week. So today it's the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Snakes, who are now officially – my NL West team. Yes, you might say some people go, yeah, but you grew up in San Diego. <laughs> Tori Lavello's my guy. I've got, I'm dangerous today. I'm dangerous. I got my baseball magazine. I got my baseball magazine with all the nuggets. I usually get, I, I, I'll probably get more. I usually get three of them. But yesterday, where I was, they only had one, and I love them. Yeah, it's old school, but I love it. I love the paper. I love the color. I love all the nuggets that are in there. And I really like me some Diamondbacks. I gave you that great note. And who are we going to have on to – oh, yeah, we're doing Johnny Gomes to – Talk about the snakes. Talk about the snakes. Jessica Kleinschmidt is back with the Athletics. She will be here at 11 o'clock. And then Johnny Dosko will be with us. Where are we today? I didn't even check. We're playing the, wait for it, the Snakes. What? Yeah, it works out great. <laughs> We're going to grill Johnny on the, on the Diamondbacks. He doesn't know it yet. You think he, Now, Johnny watches and listens to the show. You think he's listening already? Probably. Let's come up with our top five hardest questions about the Diamondbacks and just start grilling Johnny and just see, see what he knows about the defense. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he might know a lot from covering the minor, you know, the minor league system when he was in Sacramento, but maybe he knows about Corbin Carroll shimmying. That's a big thing. Who, who, who performed the surgery on Merrill Kelly? One of the great stories. Uh, outlet, the thoracic outlet syndrome. He's really one of the great. I mean, if you have it, like Dalton Jeffries, it's something that I'm going to get into. It's an injury that look, it's 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 it's. Basically taking Steven Strasburg's career away from him. Dalton Jeffries, our own, who we love, out of Cal. Dalton's a great kid. This is one of those injuries. You get this, it's career-threatening. And Merrill Kelly is one of the few who has had it and then gone on to thrive. He threw over, wait for it, 200 innings last year. You still owe me a steak dinner. Um, who was the surgeon? See, I want to do stuff like this. Uh, Who is the surgeon that performed the surgery on Merrill Kelly? Johnny Dosko, you're going to get grilled at 1130. Let's see. Dr. James Andrews is usually the one that does the Tommy John, right? Correct. Dr. Neil Altrosh. I don't know. Oh, you know, you know, I thought you knew the answer. You thought I knew? I don't know who the surgeon was. That's my point. we got to come up with some really hard questions, and Johnny will not be prepared, and it will be funny. Will Madison Bumgarner survive the year as a Diamondback? Ooh, no. But, but we gotta He's ask, done. Got to ask Johnny that, though. Uh, something that there is, there is some, I don't know if I should get to it now because we are going to cover the D-backs, but there's something that happened with the D-backs that I think relates to us and I think relates to a lot of teams. 
Because in the in the snakes preview that I have right here, it's a great breakdown of the the D backs. Of course, Zach Gallen was huge. Um, he had a monster year. Walker, what do you have? Thirty six yeah. home runs. Christian Walker. So it goes through all of that. But there is a there's a scouts take right. So the the A's version in this magazine they actually do a real. I mean, other than Cole Irvin still with the ball club. Um, <laughs> But they, you know, when they do these magazines, yeah. they go to print. Uh, it was a really good breakdown of the A's because it really talked about what our issues are, the future, and how everything's going. I thought they did a pretty good job. So they do a pretty good job. They, you know, if they're going to charge you twelve bucks. They better do a good job. But here is, I'll, I'll start the show with this because I think it pertains to us. I gave you last Friday a nugget that is very telling about the upcoming season. And it was about the Diamondbacks. Do you remember what it is? Diamondbacks. Mm, I don't. Okay. I mean, that was a, that was a few days ago. I told you. Oh, you've had a lot of white claw since then. Actually, it was beer this weekend. Done and done and slow. You lo- how how was slow? Slow was fine. Cold. Didn't, yeah, yeah. Actually, the weather held up. The, the best part of the weekend was the wrestling event I went to Saturday, which we Sunday, which we can get to later. Our our buddy Greg and Slow, one of our great callers of the A's post game show, he's been telling he's been uh, telling me how freezing it is down there. Uh, it wasn't. I mean, it was like sixty, but they've had snow. It's slows on the water. They've yeah, had snow. Yeah. It's been. It was. It was a bit. The weather has been weird everywhere. It hailed yesterday while I was playing golf. I heard it held, but I didn't. I didn't hear it yet. Yes. Oh no! So never mind. I was in Oakland, so I wouldn't have noticed what happened in San Jose anyway. Well, when you're in Jack London, everything's perfect. Actually, the weather was nice yesterday. It's perfect. You're in Jack London. Every like, it's like you have a bubble around you. The world's perfect. But seriously, this note. Last year, the D-backs stole the most bases after the All Star break, sixty-eight. I told you that. They had a, a success rate of eighty point nine percent. Now I don't know what business. You know, I, I know a lot of people will, will let us know that they, they'll they either download the show later or when they're watching it, they're watching it at work. Whatever job that you do and whoever you work for or you own your own business, if you're doing whatever you do at a clip of 80.9%, by the way, you're killing it. You're killing it. 80.9%. I don't know what business... the boss is going, eh, I think we need to pick it up a little bit. It's pretty good. What is it? That's a B average, right? If you're in college, that's a B average. 80.9%. If you're that efficient at 80.9%, I mean, if you're in sales, you're going to be a really rich guy. If 80% of the time you show up and you close the deal, you're going to be the star employee. I guarantee you that. That's like winning four fifths. If you're a baseball game, it's like winning four fifths of your baseball games throughout the year. That's like going eight for ten when you yeah. step up to the plate. Yeah. I, I get eight hits in every ten at bats. That's what the Diamondbacks are doing on the bags in the second half last year. That's it's crazy. But the scouts take. What's great about these magazines is they go up and they talk to scouts. The scouts take, and this is how it pertains to us. Listen up. Very simple. There was a shakeup at midseason. They were very highly analytical. And what's a Hazen? Who's the guy? Yeah, Mike Hazen. Mike Hazen, he's been there for years. Former Red Sox guy. Mike Hazen, general manager. He hired Tori Lovello. Probably best movie made. Also a former Red Sox and A. 
So the scout says there was a shakeup at midseason from the new wave style to old school baseball where they were moving runners over, bunting, and running. That's what an advanced scout saw from them. Wait a minute. These guys are playing a different style of baseball. And then you look at the data. Well, they stole 80.9% of all their bases in the second half. So what this scout saw, do you think he was right? Yeah. Yeah. And this is something that I think a lot of us are real curious about is we went from a league where everybody was playing the same. Everybody, it's like everybody had a blueprint and everybody was going on the same blueprint. We're going to walk and hit home runs. It's all we care about. How do we work the count, which I, you know, the days of money ball and working the count, getting the starters out and getting to the bullpen, they don't want their starters to go deep anyway. So it's like, it's like, it doesn't even matter if you get a guy's pitch count up because guys' pitch counts really don't even matter. You can have a guy cruising, he's got 70 pitches, they take him out. They, it is now about when you're, where you are in, in facing the lineup than it is pitch count. Pitch counts literally are, are meaningless. I know people would say, wait a minute, that's not true. I'm going to say, yeah, it is. They're looking at, you went through the order the first time. We're talking about as a, as a starting pitcher. You went through the order a second time. <laughs> now it's full-on panic mode that you are now facing the lineup a third time, that they're seeing you for a third time. They don't care what the pitch count is at that point. I mean, they're looking at the lineup card, and I'm, I'm literally they're shaking in their shoes, these front office people up in their luxury boxes when they know the lineup's coming through a third time. That's what it is. It's not pitch count. That's why you see pitchers being removed with 75 pitches. They are hell-bent as we do not want this guy facing their lineup a third time through the lineup. It doesn't matter if he had 180 pitches or he had 70 pitches. That's what it is now. And we've seen it over and over again. And then when we ask them about it, they lie about it. Um, But that's what it is. So when you think about where the game's going, you as a team, somebody's going to have to figure out how do we win not playing walks and home runs? How how, how do we win? Because clearly in this take, reading their preview, it's all about, well, they're not spending the money that the Dodgers and the Padres are. They're not. And actually, the Diamondbacks, they were 74 and 88 last year. I know I mentioned about the Dodgers. I went and looked it up. They were 5 and 14 against the Dodgers, 5 and 14 against the Padres. They're also 9 and 10 versus the Rockies. They were 10 and 9 against the Giants. Yes, yeah, they, they the only team they beat was the Giants. So, if you if you win just a couple more games against the Dodgers, a couple more games against the Padres, you're 500. Yeah, I have it right here. In the first half of the year, they were 40 and 52. So they're 12 games under. And then the second half, when they started running more, they were 34 and 36, so they got a lot better. They're only two games under in the second half of the year. Uh, Zach Allen, you mentioned he was great. Save this. That's not what this is about. You save this for the D-backs. Okay. We're, the point is, somebody said, we're switching. We're switching. And I did I not mention this to Mark Kotze? 
Did I not mention this to people while we were down there in Arizona? I'll be back in Arizona this weekend, and I'll keep saying the same thing. You can't play like they do and win. If you're going to tell me we want to win, we we figured out in 12, 13, and 14, 18, 19, and 20, how to fill the team with power. And we won with power. David Force said on this show, ball goes far, team goes far. Okay. Didn't do anything but win a series against the White Sox and some exciting wild card games and some exciting series against the Tigers where Verlander in the end shoved it down your throat. But, yeah, we figured out a way to, to build power cheaply. That's not easy to do. Well, we don't have a lot of power. I mean, newsflash. I mean, last year, our biggest home run hitter was Seth Brown at 25. 25, yeah. Seth Brown at 25. That's our biggest home run hitter. I don't know what what Aguilar can give us. Hopefully, he can find the fountain of youth. I mean, he's not old. He's, what, 32? Uh, Aguilar's 33. Yeah, 33. 33. Is he yeah. 33 yet? Has he turned I 33? Was, I thought he was 33. I thought him and I were similar in age. Wow, you are an ageist. I'm trying to make him younger. You're trying to make him older. He is 30. Okay, yeah, 32 actually. Be 33 in June. We've been finding a lot of fake news with Cody lately. We, we may have to go into this a little bit later. A lot of fake news. But 33 during the season, so we'll He's say. He's 32 right now. So, Dermis Garcia. Maybe Ramon Laureano, but there's not a lot of pop. Okay. So how the hell are you going to win? You say you want to win. You say you want to try and win. Well, how are you going to win? I'll read this again from the scout about the D-backs. There was a shakeup at midseason from new wave style, which is home runs and walks, to old school baseball where they're moving runners over, bunting and running. They played small ball, and they started winning because the other teams you're playing against aren't and on days they don't hit home runs and you steal bases you got a chance to win who is going to be the team that flips the script and says you know what we're gonna go somewhere else with how we play and that's how we're gonna try and win diamondbacks maybe found something what about the a's can we be that club We've gone out and got a bunch of dudes that can run. Might be the way to go. I, I, I'm i really curious to see once the season starts, even our catcher can run. Shea Langoliers can run. Everybody can run. I mean, really, if you looked at it, I mean, Seth Brown stole bases last year. We joked with him down at spring. You can see all these interviews on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, we uh, hey man, you should you could be a 2020 guy. 3030 guy, I think you tried to jam down his throat. Then he bumped into me in the clubhouse and said, you know what? 2525 you know. 2525. <laughs> I mean, that's really what we need to become. We need to flip the script. Stop trying to, hey, we're gonna hit home runs and walk. All right, what if we walk a lot? You know what's gonna happen? You're gonna have a lot of guys stranded. If they're not taking 90 feet, gonna have a lot of guys stranded. I thought it was interesting. And I can tell, so there was an article. I'm at my limit with the San Francisco Chronicle, so I cannot 
partake in articles anymore unless I pay. I'll give you my login. You see that? Look, people helping people. I'll give you my Chronicle login. So uh, during the Black Friday specials, I bought them. I, 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 I got the paper from the time I got here in college in 91. I got the paper every day. But the minute they stopped putting our box scores and the team's box scores, I went, I'm out. I'm not supporting this anymore. So I stopped getting the paper. And I refuse now. So but I'm, I'm paying, like, was it a dollar a week or something for the Merck Black Friday special? Yeah, I did that. I mean, I did and I'm not the- supporting the Chronicle either. I'm not going to get, I'm not, and right now they want me to pay full price. Well, the minute you start putting the, because they're not putting the box scores in. They have like a deadline that's so early, they don't put any, not our games, not the Giants games, not the Warrior games, not the Sharks games. Well, you know what? See ya. So I'm not supporting that. So anyway, I guess they came out with an article, and we love Matt Kawahara. He's a great guy. It has nothing to do with him. Matt Kawahara comes out and says that we're looking at a six-man rotation. I have, the, I have the quote from the article from, from David Forrest, too. Let me just find it. He said, we've mapped it out a lot of different ways. <laughs> Things that look like a six-man rotation or an occasional yeah. bullpen day or an occasional spot starter. There's a lot of ways to do it. I just don't think we'll know what they are until we get into the season. Forrest said this on Saturday. Uh-huh. According to Kawahara in the San Francisco Chronicle. Uh-huh. Oh, you guys mapped it out, huh? So have I. Are you ready? So, the average starter last year went five and a third. So, we'll go on averages. Baseball loves averages. We'll go on averages. That means there's over, I don't have the exact number in front of me that I figured out, but it's over 1,700 outs. I think it's 1,752. It's seven. It's over 1,700 outs that you're going to need to get. If you have six starters, that now means you only have seven bullpen guys. Now there's flexibility with days off and all this kind of stuff. I know. A short change. You 1,782. So uh, what, I, what I did was I started crunching the numbers after this came out and said, we're going to – to do this, you can't say, well, there's days off. You have to go, okay, six-man rotation, what are the exact numbers? The exact numbers basically are this. Those seven relievers – that your starters only go five and a third. Those seven relievers would have to get 254 outs each. Now, just let that marinate. 254 outs from seven guys. All right? We're marinating right now. A's used 30 pitchers last year. Think about that. 30 pitchers. But now... Whoever the, whoever the seven slots are, because you're going to move a lot of guys up and down and up and down and up and down. Those seven slots got to come up with 254 outs. Just to give you an idea of how absurd this is, Domingo Acevedo was a workhorse for the A's last year. 70 appearances. 70. The dude went from 10 to 70. How many outs did Domingo Acevedo, who we will all, will we all admit that he was a workhorse last year? Yes. Okay. For sure. Domingo Acevedo was an absolute workhorse, 70 appearances. How many outs did Domingo Acevedo record as a workhorse last year for 70 appearances? The answer to that question is 203 outs. 
He's way short. But 51 short. Think about that. 203 outs, and he was a workhorse. I need seven guys in this model to give me 254. Not po- I mean, it's not feasible. What What numbers are all these teams who are talking about a six-man rotation, what numbers are they using? And I know I'm I'm staying exact I'm staying exact to a six man rotation. I'm also only doing this with no extra innings games. These are just nine inning games. It's just that, but but however, even if you say, well, you know, we'll have days off, then we'll have the standard five man. You're still so far away because your starters are only going to give you five and a third on average. You're still far away. So basically, what's happened? Where are we in modern-day baseball? Here's where we are. They they want their pitchers to throw everything max effort. We're going to see how that changes with the pitch timer. We'll see. But before this year, they want everybody to be max effort. So because of that, they also don't want them to get injured. So if we have them go max effort on everything, fastball, slider, split, everything, what's our spin rate? I'm, I'm, every pitch I'm trying to throw is, we're going to have them go less. And their answer was, we'll make it up with the bullpen. Bullpens now throw more than they've ever thrown before in the history of baseball. It's all fact. Fact check it. But the problem is, baseball capped it. Baseball knew what they were doing. Baseball keeps creating rules to go against front offices. That's why we have a pitch timer now. That's why we have no shifting. This is all, it's basically the sports fighting itself. You had the front offices with the wacky ideas start making the game super boring and long. And they started taking fun stuff out of the game, like hits. (laughs) Hits. You know, it's so funny. It's like, we love shifting and blah, blah, Yeah, oh, great. But now there's no action. We have a game with no action. And it's over three hours, you morons. God, we have to sell tickets. We want people to watch, listen. We need ratings. We need attendance. And the game you're creating doesn't do any of that. So take your spreadsheets and shove it. Oh my God! Like they don't—they they, they didn't get it. Like, oh well, the, you know, we love shifting, and we'll show you the data on what it works. We had the fielding bible was coming out to give us all this great data about how we're screwing left-handed hitters, and isn't that great for baseball? Uh, I think I'd rather watch left-handed hitters be successful than never get hits. I'm in that same camp as you. I think that's—I think that's good for the game, for the better of the game. I don't know. Seeing guys, entertainment. I mean. Uh, you want to watch a bunch of field goals or you want to watch touchdowns? That touchdown's pretty exciting. I don't know. You want to watch a game? Front o- so basically, we we did this to the equivalent of football. Front offices wanted to have a game of just field goals. No touchdowns. Field goals. Well, I guess their touchdown would be the home run. But the, but the only way they could score a touchdown was a deep bomb because they took everything else away. Right? That's basically football – According to our front offices, the way they designed baseball was basically we're throwing deep or kicking a field goal, and that's the only way to score. Now, 
what we need to do, I think it's a great analogy. Now what we need to do is figure out there's a short passing game. You ever hear a guy named Bill Walsh and the West Coast offense? Yeah, there's other ways to get first downs and go down the field and score. Not everything has to go throwing deep to Randy Moss every play. Because, by the way, we don't have Randy Moss. We don't have Randy. And nor do we have John Elway to throw it deep to Randy Moss. We don't have that. So we've got to figure out another way to get the ball into the end zone because if we're going to play the long bomb field goal game, we're toast. Diamondbacks, toast. Diamondbacks figured out in the second half how to play a different style of baseball, and they started winning, and now they've got they've got confidence. Hell, they think this Corbin Carroll kid is going to be 30-30. They say he is all-world athletic. Top prospect in baseball. I mean, they're, they're, they're like, but... But they're not saying we're going to hit a ton of home runs. They're saying we're going to score runs by doing it a different way. And that 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 is where we need to go. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I guarantee you our next guest, one of my all-time favorites. He now works for the Arizona Diamondbacks, but we will always remember him as a great leader. Just not a great player, but a great leader in the clubhouse for the Oakland Athletics. Johnny Gomes joins us. Johnny, how are you? It's been a while. Townsend, you're still on a damn rant, and I love to be a part of it. Well, let me tell you something. You and I see eye to eye in a lot of ways. And, you know, today, since we're doing the Diamondbacks, I, 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 going into this, I think what I loved about it, and, you know, Tori Lovello comes on this show. He's a former A. We bring him on. Great dude. But we talked about how they flipped their mentality in the second half to where, you know what, playing this three true outcome game, home runs, strikeouts, walks, everybody has that blueprint. Didn't work for them. That all of a sudden, hey, we got to start stealing bases. We got to start manufacturing runs. We got to find different ways to win. You have always been that guy. You've been that. I don't care how we do it. Let's win. Let's come to the ballpark to win every single day. Talk about that mentality that has always been your mentality, and we're really seeing that with not only the Diamondbacks, but we should be seeing that with the A's too. Yeah, I mean, to start with the Diamondbacks, I mean, what you really got to do first and foremost is is tip your hat to their scouting department and how they drafted, right? You want to go to Corbin Carroll, draft pick. Al Thomas, draft pick. Jake McCarthy, draft pick. They just shipped off Darsho, draft pick. Um, I mean, they really went deep into the draft, did their homework. The The guys, you know, boots on the ground, did all their homework and went and got athletic dudes. 
and we've got left-handed outfielders that can play all three positions, can steal bags, and 30-30, we'll see. But you know what? Power with speed is going to win today. Yeah, no doubt. And I, and, I, and I think about what they got. When you start talking about mm-hmm. Zach Allen and what he did last year, Mer- Merrill Kelly is one of the great stories because we're seeing this thoracic outlet syndrome Guys have it, and it basically takes their career. It's sad. He's one of the success stories of having over 200 innings after having the surgery. So when you start looking around and then you start looking at some of these young guys that they got, Nelson, Jameson, uh, you start looking at a starting rotation. I see if there is going to be a falter by the Dodgers or the Padres at the top of this division, I can see at least a blueprint of how the Diamondbacks with pitching and athleticism could be in the hunt. Yeah, when you talk about Merrill Kelly and you talk about, you know, Gallon, you know, that that kind of takes away the velocity too, right? These guys are sitting at 90 to 94 all game. They're not the huge spin rate. They're not the high velocity guys. They're the strike throwers, weak contact, pitch weight into the game, hand it over in the seventh, hand it over in the eighth, right? So, I mean, yeah, pitching and defense is going to win. And again, the athletic ability that they are putting on the field night in and night out, limit the strikeouts there's a lot of ways to play the game to where you can win and there's even more ways to play the game to lose you got to limit ways to lose you got to limit errors right you got to limit walks you got to limit balls right down the middle you got to limit stolen bases by how hold the ball right there's a lot of simple things that you can do there's about five things that you just don't want to do and whatever else happens happens right Find that culture. Are you the walk-off team? Are you the score weight team? Are you the get ahead team? Are you the do damage team? Are you the get the starter out because of the pitch count? You got to find that identity, stick to it, create a winning mentality, and just let your guys go and play. Well, you talked about athleticism. You know, people, I'm sure most people haven't done their fantasy drafts yet, but this Carroll kid, I mean, he's been the top prospect in baseball. They're already saying 30-30. Those are high expectations. But you've seen him. Tell us how good this kid really can be. Yeah, well, I tell you what. I mean, if he was three inches taller, we'd be like, this is Bryce Harper. It really would. You know, he doesn't have the 500-foot home run power, but he's got every bit, whatever number is on the board. If it's 340, he's got that port, uh, that power. If it's 400 to center, he's got that power. And he, you know, statistically is the fastest dude in the big leagues. And where we are right now, speed's not going to slump. If you limit your strikeouts, ball and play, we got action. You're running a 3-6, 3-7 down the first. You're going to create panic on the defensive side. And then when he gets on the bases, he's a threat. He's one pitch away from being in scoring position after a walk or a single. And, you know, on top of all this, let's just pour the huge bucket of character on this kid. I mean, he is checks all the boxes of the character. Great family, great kid, work ethic, nutrition, first there, last to leave, blah, blah, blah. Checks all the boxes. I mean, I'll hang my hat on Corbin Carroll all day long. How important is it, like, knowing what the Dodgers and the Padres have had and what they're going to be? I mean, we're kind of anointing the Padres a little too much. They haven't won the division. They had a great playoff run. But still, they've been a wild card team. They haven't won anything yet. Dodgers could be a little bit different. They're missing a lot of pieces. But we'll throw them up there to compete with them. I've been talking about a blueprint of being different. You tell me, if you were the general manager, you were the manager of this team, what does a team like Arizona and a lot like Oakland, 
What do they have to do to compete with the teams we look at, the big boys atop a division? Yeah, well, you really don't have to look within the division until September, right? Because that's when it really matters. You know, and this playing your division 19 times throughout the year is gone with how the uh, schedule is. You have to worry about all 29 other teams. You get your DH now, right? So there's a lot of things to worry about. And then, you know, you don't really have to worry about the division until the end, until September, right? You just got to stay in the race, stay in the race, get to the all-star break, reload, recalibrate, hit that trade deadline, find out where you're at, and then keep going. But you can't look at the scoreboard too early. You have to find that identity, find that team culture, find that chemistry, find out what works, moving pieces. I go back to that 2012 team where we won the division. Right. We won that division after a huge trade after Anaheim loaded with Josh Hamilton and CJ Wilson and Pujols pops in. And we were just laying in the weeds, laying in the weeds. And then boom, 16 game comeback in the mid of August, going down the stretch in September with five rookie starters. Right. Like there's no excuses, man. If you're in the big leagues, you're good. Limit the mistakes and score, score more runs than the other team. Touch a dish more than they do. Find a way to do that. I will tell the fans, they may not remember how everything went down in 2012, but we boarded a plane and went to Japan, lost yeah. the first two games to the Mariners. We came back home, and opening day, I'm like, I got to have Johnny Gomes as our official, because that wasn't really like an official opening day. Our, officially, our official opening day in Oakland, you were my pregame show guest, and you said, look out. We're going to win the division. And everybody was like, what? And I I, I think about your great career. I think about the couple World Series that you won. But when you look back on it, you were the leader of the team. You helped change the chemistry in the clubhouse, even though front office people want to say there is no such thing as chemistry. Where does 2012 for you as a player, as a leader, where is that? What does it mean to you in your career? Well, unfortunately, it's probably one of the best seasons that's going to get lost, right? And when I say that, it also impacts the two World Series that I won. And this whole thing is about finishing the season with a win. But my gosh, I mean, the one thing that sticks out to me really is getting eliminated in Game 5 by Detroit. And the Detroit Tigers tip their hats yeah. to us. They literally, Miguel Cabrera, Verlander, Leland were just like, that was unbelievable. 162 games. We were in first place for four innings. It just so happened to be game 162 from the sixth inning when Josh Hamilton dropped that ball. We took the lead, technically first place, boom, right there. But, I mean, man, look look at the guys that that team generated. Here comes Steven Vogt. Here comes Reddick. Here comes Moss, right? Coco Chris Pingrap. Here comes Cespedes. Right. There were so many pieces there. Brandon Inge found a little piece of gas in there. Steven Drew came over and was a vet. Donaldson. Uh, Donaldson, Travis Blackley, McCarthy, Bart Cologne. You know, he got pop tested. If we would have had him, I think we would have got to the next one, tell you the truth. Um, and then they lay an egg against New York, and all of a sudden the A's are freaking in the World Series that year. Um, yeah, they test. Don't, don't, don't do that stuff. It really hung us up that year. But, uh, man, if you're in the big leagues, man, I mean, you know, you just got to do the right things, limit the wrong things, and freaking anything can happen. You know, you don't get enough credit, and I know I've told you this, 
that Bob Melvin, we we back then. I mean, I it's like you remember 2012. All these other years, you know, they fly by, but 2012 always sticks out. And I remember Bob Melvin saying, "If there's anybody on this team that's going to manage, it's going to be Johnny Gomes." And what people don't understand is. You helped bring out people's personalities. This is just not batting practice and how to work on your swing and get ready. You brought Stephen Vogt out to be on MLB Network and to do his referee thing for the very first time. You had a way of changing and helping mold, I think is the best way to put it, Josh Reddick. There was something about you in that clubhouse as a leader. Talk about what is that like when you see and you need to help and you need to interject. Somebody had to do it. You were the right guy for the right team. Yeah, I think it goes to where how I was groomed. And it goes back to the early Devil Ray days when we were just getting our lunch handed to us in the AL East. But the the locker room that I shared, you know, that was kind of the landing spot for a lot of guys like going to get their 10-year or going to get that extra million or whatever towards the end of the career. My first big league camp, I split lockers between Tino Martinez and Fred McGriff. And I mean, you talk about getting your masters in a month and a half of baseball IQ. That's what it was right there. And then, you know, there's the Cliff Floyds, the Eric Hinskys, the Troy Percivals and on and on. And man, I mean, I, it, it was like grad school. Like it really was. And, and I absorbed so much information for that felt so lucky. And then I just felt, you know, you owe it to the baseball gods, you owe it to the players, you owe it to everyone to regurgitate that information that you got whether you're going to be there or whether you're not going to be there. And the one thing that I took most pride in is I grew up in Oakland A's pajamas, right? I'm, I'm from the Bay. I'm from NorCal. So, I mean, that's all I ever wanted to do as a young kid was to strap on those white cleats. And I sure, once I got that opportunity, I wasn't going to limp into it by any means. And then from, you know, winning the past in 08 World Series and winning the division uh, 2010 with the Reds, I knew how important the whole team was. Right. I knew how important getting the best Josh Johnson, getting the best Reddick, getting the best Moss, getting the best everybody um, was the most important. And and man, I mean, it's it's not really the best team that wins, not the best team that goes deep. You know, it's a team that plays together, the team that gets hops, you know, the team that you're going in against the big starters. And all of a sudden he's on the DL. Boom. We get to skip that guy. And then you get this and you get that and you look up at the end and boom, you're in first and champagne in the Coliseum. Not many of them, you know, recently, and I'm, I'm fortunate to have that. Yeah, well, you think about winning in the playoffs. It, it is so hard. And, and really, you know, you, everybody wants to spend all this money and talk about in the preseason why this team's going to win. It, it really, we are now such in a tournament style that you just need to get in that, it, you know, you look at the Phillies last year, and you, you, you just look at certain teams and look at the teams that you were on. It's like you get in – and the magic has to happen. You just can't make the magic. You can't go out and sign the magic, trade trade for the magic. Just what is that like when all of a sudden you realize, wow, we got it. What it is, I don't know exactly, but we got it. Yeah, man. That, that goes to one of my songs with paint on the grass, right? There's only three times there's paint on the grass. It's opening day, the all-star game, and postseason. And you can't change the way you play when there's paint on the grass. And you see some of these teams that get into the postseason, all of a sudden they want to move their starting rotation. All of a sudden they want to take their fifth guy and put him in the bullpen. That doesn't work. All of a sudden you want to move your lineup. The teams that just stay even keel throughout, those are the teams that do that. Houston Astros, what are we going to do in the playoffs when we go against? Same thing we just did for 162. 
this guy's slumping. Well, he just ran 162 for me. He's going to snap out sooner than later. And as he doesn't snap out, the other guy's got to pick it up instead of reinventing the wheel in a five and seven game stretch. Now you got, you know, the wild card, right? So now, I mean, it's pressure testing. We got to win today. But what I always say is that wild card game has to be played in June or July. You have to have a runner on second in the fourth inning, two outs, and everyone is just like at this. You got to practice the big at bats. You got to be ready for the big at bats. So when they come, it's not foreign. You know, I, I think that analogy of paint on the grass could be used for any sport. I mean, you hear yeah. these, you hear all the time that teams get in the Super Bowl and that two weeks, everybody tries to trick them up and they're going to start doing And those teams fail. Like, yeah. I love that. Like, hey, how, how you played throughout. This is who we are. This is how we're going to either win or we're going to lose. But we're going to say stay true to who we are. And I think, and it's always, 2012 taught me one thing. Every game matters. Because if the Rangers had won just one more game in May, one more game in June, we don't track them down. Or if we wouldn't have started so bad. Let's say we win one more game while we were just in Japan. Every single win. So it drives me nuts when I hear baseball people say, ah, it's early. Ah, we're going to evaluate the first month. No. The games at the beginning of the season count the exact same as the games at the end of the season. I say that all the time, man. I mean, it's 162 games. Watch the race in the division September 20th. It comes down to one or two, right? It speeds up on you so fast. Right. So every game does matter. All the bad calls by the umpire. Gosh, those matter. You know, all the punch outs with runner on third infield bat when you just need a ground ball matter. It all piles up. And then you got to have that mentality of September 25th and August 25th and June 25th and April 25th. You have to. You have to understand. And I got a taste of that for the first time. And once you get a taste of that postseason, man, you're like, Whoa, I remember in 2008, we're in the division against uh, the White Sox. And it was literally the second inning to the leadoff guy, 3-2 pitch. And it's like, there's going to be a walker hit, right? It's crowd goes, and you see the magnitude of every single pitch. Slow game, long game, this and that. But when you break down and figure out what's going on in between pitches of the baseball game, you realize how big and how fast it is. Well, let's end on this. Kids are getting older. How much is Johnny Gomes thinking about what Bob Melvin saw in you all those years? How much are you thinking about maybe being back in uniform and managing someday? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, you know, if that opportunity arises, right, um, I always feel one of the hardest things to get in our game is to be wanted. And if there is an organization out there that wants my services, I would owe it to that organization to honor that. Um, but offices have gotten bigger, you know, there's actually a lot of managers in some of these organizations. Granted, there's only one that wears the uni. So the fit would have to be good. Um, my, my kids love baseball. We've gone out here in Scottsdale. We go to spring training games, actually went and checked in on Bob Melvin the other day, uh, with the Padres. Um, baseball is all I know, man. As soon as I retired, I figured that out real quick. The real world ain't it. <laughs> ain't it. I'm a baseball guy, you know, whether it's the youth, whether it's the minor leagues or whether it's the big leagues, that's what I'm cut out for. So, um, you know, I'm still young in age, right. Still young at heart. Um, but I've been fortunate enough to play underneath some really good managers, you know, Bob Melvin being one Lou Pinella, Dusty Baker, 
uh, you know, just on and on that I can now, you know, give back uh, playing underneath, you know, all six organizations, Japan, Mexico. I got a lot of pieces to the pie that, um, you know, I've lost a lot of games and I've won a lot of games and I finished two seasons with a victory and those two rings I hold pretty dear to my heart along with my teammates. So uh, I, I got some more in the tank and that in the tank is given back. And that, that's. Well, I can tell you, I can tell you, no matter what it is, you're a major asset to any organization. Obviously, the pride of Penaluma, and it was so special to have you not once but twice in the A's organization. You know you're always going to be one of our all-time favorites. We love having you on the program. Be well, my friend. Good to hear about everything with the family going well, and uh, someday I do think you're going to manage, and I can't wait to see it. It'll be a great treat. But uh, let's let's hook up again soon and enjoy the rest of spring. How about I come up there and check on you and we go a little more north and get some grapes in our system? I, I, I come on, you know, we're ready to rock. Whenever you want to come up, we'll take care of it. You got it. I'll be right in your pocket. Take care, buddy. All right, down the great Johnny Gomes. Join us right here. What a treat that is to go back and the leader. I always say the 2012 team reminds me of the, we believe warriors. Why? Well, because the, we believe warriors we're a team that didn't win a championship, but we felt like they did. And it was a magical run. And it wasn't till Steph Curry shows up and next thing you know they change and everything is it is what it is today. And then you win titles. But you still remember the We Believe team. Like we honor the We Believe team in the Bay Area. They'll they'll wear their jerseys during the season, that style of jersey. Where's Thunder when you need them? Uh, R.I.P. The guy was Thunder. Really? He passed yeah, I be- away? I believe so, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I interviewed him a couple times. He was a great guy. I believe that's – I believe I like the comparison, though, of the – But, yeah, so like, that's how we feel, right? 2012 – like, however you feel about 13, however you feel about 14, however you I, – I mean, you can go back to 88, 89, 90, you know. You can do that, too. Well, they're in the playoffs even after that. But nothing was like 12, man. 12 was like – 12 felt like a championship. 12, I mean, if anybody remembers, go back, you know. You know, it's funny. I, I guarantee you a lot of people, there, there's certain people who work for the A's now who know what I'm talking about, and there's a boatload of people that weren't even here and have no clue. A's lose to the Tigers at home in game five. And I remember being in the Bill King booth. Well, I don't even know if it was it the Bill King booth in 2012. I don't. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna lean towards no. But it might have been. But I remember going in there and just having to say goodbye because I was gonna do the post game show because my booth was taken by the Tigers and Dave Dombrowski. So just hugging Ray, Ken, Vince. It was emotional. Like, no one wanted it to end. They couldn't believe the run was over. And so everybody leaves the booth, and I'm sitting there doing the postgame show, and I'm taking the calls, and there's people didn't want to leave the parking lot. Everybody's calling from the parking lot. Um, It was an amazing show. And then all of a sudden, the producer in my ear goes, 
you know, because you're, you're, hey, let's go to Joe and San Ramon. And Joe, oh, I can't believe we lost, but what a team. Da, da, da. And in my ear, I hear is, because remember, I'm in, I'm in the play-by-play booth. I'm not back in the studio. I'm in the play-by-play booth by myself. And I hear in my ear, hey, Bob Melvin is on the hotline right now. And I went, you serious? Because Melvin obviously had a show with me on 95.7, and he had the hotline. Bob Melvin called in on his way home. And it was a, he was emotional, kind of choked up, thanking the fans. Who does that? Who? People to this day still say, I remember that moment. People told me they pulled over in their cars because they were crying. They couldn't drive anymore. Everybody was listening to the show, and the manager called in. What are you doing? Oh, it's full, I pulled a couple highlights from 2012. I, I have this emotional moment, and I'll... You're not hearing what Bob Melvin called yeah, into the show. Yeah, I'm listening. I'm, I'm trying to get highlights of the show. Do you have Bob Melvin calling into the no, show? I don't have that, no. Have you ever heard of a manager calling into the post? I didn't ask him. No, never. He called into the post-game show. Fans are crying in the parking lot. People are pulling over. That's how magical the 2012 team was to us. And, yeah, we can, oh, it's the money ball team. And here comes 72, 73, 74, yeah, 8, 19, 89. We can do all of that. But this team in 2012 didn't win a ring, didn't win a playoff game. But they, they will go down as a really, really special team in our hearts. I don't know if we'll ever honor them. That's not my job. That's above your pay grade. What do you got? What's one you want here? I got... I got game 162, Vince Catronio, Josh Hamilton dropping the ball against the Rangers. So, you know, it's funny, as Johnny just said, the A's led, but that doesn't matter. Just because you lead in a game doesn't mean you're leading in the division. This is the only team in the history of baseball, think about this, that led the division not once during the season and won the division. It's never happened before. Probably will never happen again. Probably not in our lifetime. Got to remember, the A's tied it, the division, game 161. So when they played game 162, they were just tied. They officially did not lead the division and win the division till the last out of the game. So never during the actual – and by the way, that last out means the season's over. It wasn't till the last out out that the A's led from June 2nd. June 2nd will always be the date for 2012. June 2nd. They had the best record from June 2nd on, and from June 2nd on, they hit the most home runs in baseball. All right, give me the uh, give me the Josh Hamilton. He's dream- By the way, at this point, I mean, I, I, I feel bad for him. Addiction is a, is, a, is a horrible thing. At this point in his life, as he's gripping it, trying to stay sober, uh, we find out that he is just hammering, hammering these energy drinks that are 
not good for you. And he's having problems with his eyesight. He's slamming, like slamming these things. And it's there's stuff about um, uh, didn't have any moisture in his eye. Like there was something going on with his eyes. It's, it, and it's sad. I mean, someone battling addiction to where, you know, you can, you can get sober, but the addiction doesn't leave you. And now he's, I mean, it was crazy to hear about the amount of energy drinks he was drinking. Like, oh, my I've God. Ne- yeah, I've never heard that. That's new you to me. You never heard about no. that? Oh, my God. I mean, just think if you're just taking Red Bull and you're just slamming it all, all day long. Like, that's what you drink. You're not drinking water. You're not drinking Gatorade. You're not drinking coffee. You're slamming constantly. I mean, it would be like all you do is drink coffee all day long. All day, all day long, slamming him. He had a lot of issues, but here you go. Hitters count at three and one on Cespedes. Colin Reddy's the leg kick, the pitch changeup hit high in the air to center. Stays in the park for Hamilton, jogging in, still coming, looking up under the bright sky. Drops it. He drops the baseball. Unbelievable. Christmas home. Drew is home. Cespedes is at second base. Josh Hamilton dropped the routine fly ball. And the A's are back in front. It's 7-5 Oakland. I mean, you hear the crowd. You hear the crowd. I remember, take the tarps off. Everybody was so fired up about tarps. You know, you just wonder... If any of those runs, and I don't know, I mean hindsight's twenty twenty. If any of those runs would have resulted in a World Series run, would we have a new ballpark now? Because it helps; it's helped other teams. I mean, you can look at the Mariners; their run against the Yankees helped get Safeco. Uh, the Padres run against uh, going to the World Series against the Yankees in 98, helped lead to a vote uh, for Petco Park. So you've seen other organizations use playoff runs to get new ballparks. Our runs always ended. Now, I don't know if that would have changed anything. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. A lot was going on all the time with the Raiders here, the Warriors here. Um, I don't know what it would have done. Whether there have been more more support from local government to get it done. Uh, I don't think tax dollars ever would have really been a part of it. But, you know, what we're trying now, would we already be in new digs? Would we already have it if there would have been a galvanizing of the area? Because you hear that, how loud that was. How loud it was against Detroit, where Detroit players said it was the loudest game they had ever heard. What else you got? The other highlight I have as well, I have the final call of game 162. Well, let's play the one I think that everyone remembers pretty much most vividly from that year. Smith leads his second in a tie ball game. Valverde deals. And Coco, it's a base hit to right field. Smith to third, up the ball. Bobbled and red by Garcia, and the A's have won it. Seth Smith scores from second. A base hit to right field by Coco Crisp. Garcia charging from right, but he bobbled the ball, and once he bobbled it, it was a moot point. The A's are going crazy, back behind the bag at first, jumping up and down, and the A's have forced a fifth game with a three-run bottom of the ninth inning, and they beat the Tigers by the final of four to three. (laughs) Unbelievable. 
15 walk-off. And Oakland is the walk-off capital of baseball, as Vince Catronio once said. Yeah, magical, man. That was a magical season. Best season I've ever had in my career. I think no doubt. That was the most fun I've ever had. I love those players. Love those. T- love that team. Um, yeah, you look back on it, you just didn't want it to. I wish, you know, we've hired so many new people. We've brought so many different people into this organization. I wish they would all would have really felt it to understand what it means to be in Oakland A, what it means to work for the A's. That year was the year, the essence of the fan, the fan coming out, how loud the stadium was. It was like a Raider game. It was like a Monday night football game, every single game. It was just, it was magical. And you want to relive it. You want to have it back. And it's what what could be. The 2012 and Johnny Gomes, great to have him on because Johnny Gomes was the leader of that team. No one knew who the hell Stephen Vogt was. Johnny Gomes brought Stephen Vogt out. Show your personality. Made him dress up like a a referee, and he did that whole act uh, on MLB Network. that Everybody remembers it's out on YouTube now where he starts doing it. And uh, Millar, Rose, and Millar were just loving it. He helped bring out people's personalities. Johnny Gomes is a leader of men. We joke about that with Fran Reardon. Johnny Gomes is really a leader of men, where he knew how to push the buttons of all the different people. And he kept people in check. Josh Reddick. Josh Reddick had... Josh Reddick could could go off the rails. Johnny Gomes kept him from going off the rails. You know, you you got to know how to push buttons, and that's why Bob Melvin always felt that Johnny Gomes will be, could be, he, you say he will be, could be a great manager. Because being a manager, you, you got to understand these guys that are in your clubhouse. Tony La Russa told us when we asked him when he came with the White Sox about back in the day with the A's. He made sure he had connection with a player, all of his players, once a day. Once a day, cruising around, batting practice. Hey, how is everything going? And you kind of know what's going on. How's the wife? How's the kids? How's this? How's that? What's going on with your dad? Is he better? I mean, you know, because let's face it. Things happen in a baseball season to these guys. It's not all just show up to the ballpark and play. Parents pass away. Parents get sick. You have issues with spouses, with kids. With I mean, it's, it's real life. And as a manager, you got to understand that. I mean, I, I've been in the office when a player, it was like I wasn't even there. I was getting ready to tape the Bob Melvin show, and I'm on the couch. Bob's at his desk. So the way you would see the manager's desk, like Mark Kotze's, you know, the way it's different now because Kotze is up in the new uh, locker room. But the way it used to be down below in the old clubhouse Bob would turn, and I'd be right by his fridge, you know, because we got I had to get close with the microphone. So, player comes in, Bob has to turn in his desk, and it's like the player, the player was going through some stuff, and 
as he starts talking to Bob, it's like he doesn't even recognize that I'm there. I mean, this guy obviously has some stuff going on in his life, and I just sat there like I was a fly on the wall, didn't even move. And he started saying stuff to Bob. Bob told him, I'll I'll take care of it. So he wasn't going to play. He had stuff he had to deal with. And I remember sitting there going, you know, this is real-life stuff. This is beyond balls, strikes, wins, losses. Sometimes players have stuff going on in their life. And that's what the manager has to deal with. And that's where the front offices had lost it for a while, where they thought it had nothing to do with that. It's just about the data. Well, this guy gets on base against lefties at night when the weather is 60 degrees and they had all their day of why a guy should play and why the other guy shouldn't play. Had nothing to do with these guys or being human beings and what's going on with them in their lives. And that's why managers were so pissed. Like, you've got no feel for your own team. You have no feel for how you put them together. You have no feel for how they're performing. You're just looking at them like they're an Amazon package. Person bought this on Amazon. We box it. We ship it. It flies. It gets in a truck. They go to the house and they drop it off. It's Amazon. That's not how baseball works. Doesn't work that way. You're dealing with human beings. Human beings got highs, lows, good things, bad things. And somebody's got to manage the egos. Someone's got to manage the highs. Someone has to manage the depression. Someone has to manage the manage the anxiety. There's tons of anxiety in our game. Who's going to manage it? You, the guy sitting up in the in the, the front office guy who's sitting there with his computer. Well, what's his ex loba? You gonna manage the anxiety? Someone's got somebody's got to sit at the front of the plane. Somebody's got to sit at the front of the bus, and somebody's got to manage the damn people. And I don't care what your degree says. I don't care if you went to Harvard, you went to Princeton, you went to Yale. And I don't care what your spreadsheet says. I don't care what your computer says. I don't care what your idea is. First and foremost, somebody's got to manage the people. You can put down, well, we're going to send down all of our information. Yeah, great. Doesn't mean players are going to take it. Doesn't mean they're going to accept it. Doesn't mean they're going to thrive with it. Somebody has to make it all work, and that's called a manager. And if you don't have a strong manager, oh, by the way, huh, wasn't there this guy named Green who was in San Diego that he said he had a photographic memory? He was so smart. He didn't even need the analytics in front of him because he was so smart. What happened? They fired his ass. He was a horrible communicator, didn't get along with anybody, thought he was the smartest guy in the room. No one liked like, dealing with him. And all of a sudden, what, what was his name? What was his first name? That's uh, now Cubs bench coach Andy Green. Andy Green. No one liked the guy. Uh, by the way, they brought in Bob Melvin. What happened? Oh, the, Jace Tingler was next. Jace Tingler. Although they had three managers, right? Didn't they have three guys? <laughs> yeah, it was him, Woodward, and uh, oh, they had another guy. They had three managers. Dickerson, maybe, I think was his name. Who cares? They failed. Bring in Bob Melvin, what happened? Oh, they were pretty good last year. Huh. Somebody who's the adult in the room, who can lead a franchise and lead men. 
It's like Mark Kotze now. These players, they look at Mark Kotze, they know they can go to Mark Kotze because Mark Kotze was in the big leagues, what, 17 years? Mark Kotze's seen it. Folks, there's depression in our game. There's anxiety in our game. There's fear of failure. There's all this crazy stuff that happens in our game. Somebody's got to manage it and help these guys. And it's not going to be the, the, be, be the guy that has multiple degrees on his wall from Ivy League schools up in some office that the players don't even know who he is. That guy's not helping. Just not. The coach has got to be there. Because sometimes you got players kind of like our staff. You have some people that are just a little more high-maintenance than others. You know, it's just it's just the way it is. And that's, you know, when you think of Je- Jessica Kleinschmidt, you think of people that, you know, not always easy to deal with. Uh, Jessica <laughs> Kleinschmidt joins us here with the uh, – with the Oakland Athletics back on A's Cast Live. Congratulations. Back for another season. How are you? I'm good. And I'm also very pro. You mentioned all these guys with these big degrees. I'm a community college dropout. So that's, you're giving me some love here too. We're allowed to hire people like you? You, you didn't go yeah. to, you didn't go to Princeton or Brown or Penn? I or- maybe didn't. Maybe even use the facilities once, but no, I and I don't have any student <laughs> debt. So there you go. There you go. Um, yeah, it's interesting. You've been around the game for a long time, and I think you know what I'm talking about. We sit here and, you know, MLB Network and everybody's like, this game is so great and everything's so fun and these guys are magical. Look at their shoes and everybody's painting their shoes and everybody's wearing chains. This is a game that's really hard. It's a game built in failure, and a lot of people don't know this. MLB Network or SiriusXM or whoever. I always joke around. It's a crowd that everybody's so stoked and it's great. No, it's not. This is a game of depression, anxiety, and it's tough. And a lot of people don't know that. And our coaches and our managers, they're the ones that have to deal with it. Yeah, and it's a good way to paint the picture of how these these athletes are actually humans as well. And you know me, I love the pop culture aspect. I love the fashion of it and all of that. But you also have to even it out with the fact that they are playing a tough game. And I think about the these cliches that the Tony Kemp's of the world talk to you about of having a short-term memory. And that's really important because of the longevity of the season. And it's hard to find the balance of remaining true to the sport being smart, you want to pay attention to some of those analytics, but at the end of the day, still knowing that you want to get to know the players as well. And you've seen all the transitions of the game over the years, Townie, and everything like that. And I'm glad you mentioned Bob Melvin, because as much of an old school mentality as he was, he embraced, you know, the new rules, if you will, but he always made sure to make time for his players. And I'm glad that you had Johnny Gomes on here before, because I actually wrote an article on Gomes about Bo Mel, giving me one of the best quotes of Bo Mel saying, if you don't enjoy playing for him, you can just go home. And that's Gomes on Bo Mel. And I just heard him, you know, he went, always wanted to play for the A's, not only with those white cleats and everything, but at the end of the day, playing for a guy like Bo Mel saying, you know, if, if Bo Mel is managing that team, the team is going to be in it. And that's beyond the A's. Like you guys mentioned the Padres and everything like that. Bob and the Katzes of the world, they respect the old school mentality, but they also want to embrace everything new that's happening and making sure the players are um, above all of it. And we, we we saw what the A's did last year. And this time around, we kind of have our, our bearings in what, what to expect. And it's a good time to highlight some of these players. So I'm excited about that. And yeah, I know what you mean. Um, it's hard to find the balance of making everybody happy while introducing new uh, fans into the game, staying true to the old school ways. It's 
kind of interesting how the league is looking at the moment. And, you know, you start looking at our players as this is last year. It's hard to explain last year. This year is truly getting back to it's the land of opportunity. If you're an A's camp, you got a shot. I mean, if you're still there right now, you've got a shot to get big league at-bats, big league innings. And I know we're going to talk with you about how, um, you know, David Forrest, and they've said, well, you know, Nick Allen, yeah, he's one of the, one of the shortstops. I mean, we were thinking about it knowing that you were coming on because what we like to do with everybody, folks, just to take you behind the curtain, is we like to say whether it's Jessica or Johnny, you know, what are you hot on? What do you want to talk about? You know, what are you interested in? And I know you're interested in this. And we were like, if there's anybody that, like, right now that we could guarantee anything to, there's, like, really only one guy. And I think it's like, I can guarantee Seth Brown's going to be playing. Whether it's outfielder for everybody else, Jessica, it's kind of like, Man, you got to earn your stripes. I'm glad I don't have to come up with the roster speculation articles anymore in my career because with this, <laughs> that's a tough decision to make. And you mentioned Nick Allen. Defensively, I would want him on any team I was ever a part of. I love his defensive game, his range alone. You forget that he's not the tallest guy in the world. It's all going to go down to his offensive productivity or lack thereof. I think he just barely made it over 200 as far as his averages went last season. And you think of a guy like Aledemus Diaz, who can play the left side of the field really well defensively, but he does have one leg up on Nick in that there are the offensive production and not even that, but you know, no offense to Nick, but he was just a rookie last year and he did such a good job. He was so the maturation process, you wouldn't even think about it, but I think he needs to concentrate on the hitting. And it kind of reminds me of, you guys remember Sean Murphy. It was very back and forth. One year he was very defensive, heavy, the best play caller in the game. And then his offensive, his offensive capability slipped and it was kind of back and forth. And last year we kind of saw the well-rounded Sean Murphy. And I'm hoping we can get to that with Nick Allen. But that's why they went out and got a guy like Aledemus Diaz calling him the day after the World Series win for the Astros. And you got the Jace Peterson deal as well. And Tony Kemp's always going to be in the mix and and all of that. And now that we know that Seth Brown's going to take more reps in the outfield because of Aguilar, those things somewhat are setting the stage for what we're going to do. And not to mention, Nick gets to learn from some of these guys as well. And he was able to do that with uh, these older veterans in the past with Elvis Andrews and everything like that. But you mentioned the the season of opportunity. He had that last year. Now he kind of knows what he needs to work on. And that's why you have those resources there and, and all of that. So that's ultimately why we went out, not just to keep up with the fact that Pinder was no longer on the team. You need a utility guy to come off the bench and that could be Diaz's role as well. So that's what it comes down to is if he gets the bat going, that guy's going to be a superstar and that doesn't, you know, we all know that. I, t- I talked to Todd Frazier about him. Todd and, and Nick were on the same USA team together. And Todd said, as a veteran himself, he was learning from Nick Allen. So what's that telling you? Just how much potential he has and the maturation process where he wasn't playing like a rookie. And these battles ultimately make the, the player better. That's what makes it um, awesome for them. They love the competition at the end of the day. So it'll be interesting to see what shakes up. But I am glad that Forrest was open with, hey, he's only penciled in right now. We don't know what's going to happen at the end of the day. And that goes to show that these decisions aren't easy to make. Well, and I think about where we are now, where shifting is going away, that we we could sit there and look 
so much at offensive numbers, but we're kind of going to get back into a game to where the guys up the middle got to cover a lot of ground. They've got to make a lot of plays to help out their pitching staffs. You know, if you, you think about going back to kind of an older school mentality, we didn't always really care what shortstop, second base, and center fielders hit. We need them to cover ground, and we need them. More importantly, the runs that they produce offensively, we need them to prevent runs defensively, and that's where the big value is. So, for Nick Allen, we're going to be looking at the offense a lot, but wouldn't you say with the lack of shifting, his his importance at defense just skyrockets. Absolutely. And and I'm a sucker for a defensive play as well. However, I was thinking of, you know, we, we talked to Buster Posey a few years back when he when these rumors of the defensive shift were going to be taken away. And he had Brandon Crawford up the middle for him. And he thought about all the amazing diving plays that Brandon Crawford could make, not to mention helping him out as a hitter with some of these base hits. I still think that you can bust bolster up your defensive game you still have to hit at the end of the day and we can blame the Derek Jeters of the world for that because not too long ago Chris these shortstops didn't have to have a ton of offensive production now you have these amazing um Carlos Correa deals being handed out Trey Turner's and everything like that they do have to have offensive production so sure you want to have that but it can't take away from everything going on at the plate but like you said, I will never think stop thinking about the range that that man that Nick Allen can cover and um, all of that. But it kind of goes to show uh, everything that. And then not to mention, we've seen how you have Brad Osmus working with the infield last season, and they learned a lot from from that as well. Um, but I'm excited to see what they do with that. That means more defensive gems on our end that we can geek out over, and then maybe Nick Allen can not worry about that. He's great at that. He's wonderful. So let's concentrate on the offense, give us both the web gem and then hopefully something at the plate. So you're going to be doing all kinds of multimedia stuff. You're writing, you're going to be on social media. You're going to be on our show, which was big last year. The fact that Mark Kotze always talks while we're on the air. So if he says something big, I mean, we we can see him, but we, we don't know what he's saying, how you can rush over real quick and say, hey, this is what's going on. That That's definitely big for us here on A's, A's Cast Live. And I know you've done a piece on, you know, the pitch timer, not from the aspect of the hitters and the pitchers, enough of them, more about us as broadcasters, less time to tell our beautiful stories. That's one of the great things about listening and watching games or the stories they can be about the actual game. I mean, sometimes random stories are hilarious. But you know what? Just like the pitchers and the hitters, broadcasters got to speed it up. Yeah, and you remember I called last season. I was in the middle of my Reno Aces broadcast, yeah. and I was introduced to the pitch clock very quickly. And I thought about it because you guys know very, very much so I love to talk. And when I'm sitting next to Zach Bay, Rudy, I had to get through these conversations, these stories rather quickly, or I couldn't touch them at all. So that's why I wanted to, to dig deep in it. And I was luckily able to find a well-rounded balance of Dallas Braden, of course, a former pitcher turned broadcaster and he can tell a beautiful story robert ford astros radio guy melanie newman who was actually introduced to this pitch clock back in the afl in 2015 so she had an opposite view and then danny wexelman who's done it all as well you want to talk a multimedia superstar so to get their their 
I guess, views of it all was really interesting because Dallas concentrated on the hitters and how there's actually a game within the game. Cause he, his mentality was if I were a pitcher dealing with this, how would I manipulate some of the scenarios? Because you saw what Max Scherzer is doing, try and take advantage of that as well. And Melanie Newman's very much a, a fan of the game as well. And being able to remind you that the game's going to go by faster. You can pay attention a lot more. And at the end of the day, you've talked about it, Townie. You have kids at home. I know sometimes it can be a late game that you're getting out, and then the next thing you know, it's super late at night, and you can't tuck your kids into bed, or you don't have anything like that. And and that was interesting to come about as well. And I thought Robert Ford was an old school guy, and he was very much embracing it as well. So it was good to get their point of views. And I think it's important for them to send a message to the fans as well, because a lot of the fans were apprehensive when this new technology was introduced. But at the end of the day, it's going to happen. You have to deal with it. Madison Bumgarner is embracing it. He said of all the changes over his last 15 years, that's probably one of his favorites. Matt, Madison Bumgarner is traditional. He's old school curmudgeonies in certain aspects and he was able to embrace it so if you have a guy like that that is willing to be more opened up to it not like he has a choice that's something to to think about as well so I got all of their input and ended up being a really fun article to write and it's I think it was very important to have different avenues of it as well because like you said of course the players were going to be asked about it of course the hitters were going to be asked about it and especially the pitchers but I had to rush through a lot of my segments. There was no way that I wasn't, I was alone in that. And at the end of the day, we have to make adjustments too on the broadcast, just as the players are as well. So it was good to see their input. Two things on that. And, and you mentioned like my kids, like trying to, and I wouldn't do it. I knew the answer to it, but trying to tell my wife, remember we started first pitch used to be seven Oh seven. Yeah. The average game, three hours and four minutes. So the game's not ending till 10, 10, 11 at night on average. And we're talking Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, if it's not a when day game. When you're younger, too. Yeah, taking, yeah. taking my kid. I'm not, my kids are not going to get home and go to bed till 11 o'clock. They got to get up and go. Like, it just, it just didn't make sense. So now that we, we basically tee off here at 640 and we're going to be done well under three hours, it makes it easier whether you just want to come to the game, you want to bring your kids to the game, you can get home, get a good night's sleep. Kids can go to school. People can go to work, not be dragging. It's just better for everybody. And my question dating back to when last year you know we talked a lot about when you were doing the color up there in reno did you when you were telling a story did you watch the clock while you were telling the story because because obviously you got a clock you got a pitcher when he's going to deliver it so were you watching the clock the pitcher when you're doing the story doing i got to speed up or i got some time or i got to speed up i got to get it done were you watching that that's a good question. And I didn't only because at the beginning, I wasn't used to it. And on top of it, Townie, we had robo umps as well. So that made Ooh. the game a totally different element. As the well. old robo yeah. You had the robo ump, which <laughs> I disliked a lot because I, I really wanted to see a player get ejected and all of that. That's that's a whole nother story. But I, I kept forgetting about the pitch clock because I wasn't used to it after all the years. And once I did start to notice that I was already adjusted to the pace. So and I just knowing me, if I see a timer that's counting me down, it's going to stress me out. So I had Bay Rudy, who's just a phenomenal professional in that. And he would guide me a little bit and remind me. First couple games was an S show. I could not get through any of the stories. Mind you, we were playing the the 
Vegas team, which is our AAA team. So I knew all the guys and I had so many stories that I couldn't touch on. And that was something that was, that was difficult to get through, but I can promise you it's no I, next thing you know, it was very quickly. And in Reno, that's where my family is. So they weren't annoyed watching me through a three and a half hour, four hour broadcast. They got to go home with my young niece and nephew and not have them complain about it all. And that was a big indication of they were excited too. My brother himself, who's a huge baseball nerd, said he was so much more in tuned with the game than any other game he had uh, witnessed. And just me as a baseball girl myself, I remember a lot of those quick pitch duel pitcher duels a lot more or except for those you know 16 inning games when you're stuck in San Francisco covering the Giants those happen every now and then those ones I remember but the ones I will never forget are the ones that are going back and forth where I'm super in tune the next thing you do you you look down at your scorebook and you're in the fourth inning but it doesn't take anything away from the game at all Matt Carpenter we took forever during his at bats he was in AAA when this was implemented he adjusted just fine he loved it too and that guy's been in the game forever so our thing was the, the fans love it the broadcasters adjusted really quickly so overall seems like everybody's happy well, I tell you, you know, you know, getting ready for this show today and, go, and basically going all over the Arizona Diamondbacks and uh, reading about a couple of these guys that they got, this Nelson and Jameson, guys who got great stuff but just dreaded. And you never would have thought, and it happens to us with the Aviators, you never would have thought going to AAA you were going to dread it. Normally that was the next step to the big leagues. Oh, my God, I'm AAA. If I'm a pitcher – I mean, Reno, I don't know what the elevation is, but I can tell you right now they have a boatload of snow, and I've played golf in yeah. Reno, and the ball flies forever. I can't imagine pitching in Vegas. I can't imagine pitching in Reno. It's got to be miserable. You don't get the same type of spin on your breaking balls. A guy hits it, it flies like a jumpy ball. I, it's just, it's these. I feel bad for these AAA guys because, and, and the toughest thing is for evaluators, there's no way hitters are that good, and there's no way pitchers are that bad. And I'm glad you brought that up because it's the PCL dread, right? A hitter's haven is there. And I've talked to so many pitchers post-game, and it's one of the most annoying conversations ever, especially when you're talking to a hitter after the game as well. Dallas Keuchel comes to mind. He once told me he thinks his ERA is somewhere in the 10 range in at that ballpark in Reno. And they say it's worse than if you were at Coors Field, if you will. But <laughs> – they will say, though, P the PCL definition of, of all of that has, I want to say, been watered down a little bit more. And if anything, it works as, you know, more of an incentive when they get um, their call up and all of that. But I will say having to talk to a pitcher after a game like that is never fun, but it's no different. You give more props to the guys that were there, like a guy in a, a Rockies uniform who's pitching at cores constantly, a four ERA. Is that really an F four ERA or what's going on there? So that's always something as well, but the ball flies, which obviously helps the game as well from there. And I never really watched that many games in, in, in Vegas, but same thing at the PCL. There's another ballpark in Colorado Springs uh. and everything like that. And the New Mexico's, Texas so all these hot spots um and everything like that that's why that's why people love Chase Field Stephen Piscotty thrives at Chase Field because of that reason um and he has a bat the batter's eye he said something along those lines as well so it's always fun to cover a game there well Reno's just always scared me it's it's the biggest little city in the world it scares me 
Yeah, if you tell me about it, I was raised here. I know. You say one thing, and everybody knows. It well, really is a small town. I I love Reno. It, it it we now do our guys trip every year. I love the El Dorado downtown. Reno's awesome. The El Dorado's my spot. So we'll hang out in the El Dorado. We'll be in the sports book at the Silver Legacy. You got the ballpark right there. The bowling hall of fame is there. Roberto's is there. Taco shop, which is fabulous. Uh, I'm a big Reno guy. And the greatest thing about Reno is that from the time the plane takes off San Jose to it lands in Reno, it's like 28 minutes. You literally can leave the Bay Area, be on the ground and in a casino in 45 minutes. Yeah, and Oakland, I think, is only a 40-minute flight. I've done that flight quite a minute, quite a few times, and especially because I live right in Oakland. But, yeah, and you know, there's a Reno pitcher on the A's right now in Joe Wheeland, and him and I both made All-Stars at the same time what? for two different Little Leagues. Were you better than him? No, absolutely not. He played on the same team as Tony it's, Thompson, it, it, if you it, are a huge A's prospect nerd. It's, he it's was okay. On you team. can say you were better than him. I'm, 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 I'm. I don't know. He was on the, like the team that had like Luke Babbitt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he, like he had actual athletes. But you on the were, team. you were a player back in the day. I was, I was so damn good. That's Tommy. what I'm saying. I could still throw. I could still throw. That's what I'm and saying. You may have been better baby. than him. Probably, maybe, we'll talk about it. Maybe, maybe him and I will throw a bullpen. I already told Emo about it. Emo wants to see a bullpen out of me to see if I still got it. So that's good. But the thing that was interesting is I'm still to this day the only woman to make 11-12 All-Stars for that Little League. And it was the same time that Wheeland made it for a different Little League in like the more fancy schmancy no. part of Reno, which does exist. He was um, one of those guys. One of those guys. Yeah. yeah. And then Kotze's lived in Reno at one point. So there's some Reno ties on that ace team. Yeah. And then you throw me in there. I've done a lot of dumb things in Reno. I could be a part of that. Yes, exactly. I think we've all kind of done dumb things in Reno. I probably did dumb things in Reno before you ever did. I, I've made some bad decisions in Reno. <laughs> <laughs> Heard that many of times. Well, it is great to have you back. I can't wait to see you during the season. I'm sure you're going to be back on Ace Cast Live before we start this thing, right? Hope so. All right. Will you let me know? Great to see you. You be well, my friend. Thanks, guys. The great Jessica Kleinschmidt back with the A's this year. Uh, coming up next, Johnny, we can't tell Johnny what's coming his way. Johnny, is Johnny at Ho-Ho Cam or, or are they at Salt River? In Salt? Yeah, we're playing We're playing against Diamondbacks there. We're playing, so, yeah. Yeah. Johnny doesn't know, but we got something coming his way. Oh, that's weird. Hmm. What? For some reason, it's saying our broadcast ended. I didn't even click anything. Are we still on the air? We're still on AceCast, yeah. Are we still on video? No. it's uh, For some reason, it says ended. Coming up next, we'll see if the commander can fix things right here on AceCast Live. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. That is um, 
one of the funniest quotes we've had in a while here on A's Cast Live about Tim Kirchin, A.J. Preller, about the basketball games they used to play down spring training. <laughs> yeah, you pass the ball, you're probably not getting it back in that in that league. Johnny is with us. Johnny, you're uh, you're in it's, it's, it's what is it? Salt Lake River Field? Is that what it is? Salt River, Salt River Fields County, beautiful facility. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, first time uh, being here as a, as a broadcaster, it's it's gorgeous up here in the, this booth. I like this place a lot. All right. So today is going to be test Johnny's knowledge on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Are you ready for a little trivia? I'll see what I can do, buddy. All right. In 2021, the yeah. Diamondbacks were 52 and 110. Right. They had a blank improvement going to last year's record. How many games did they improve from 2021 to 2022? I'm going to say 22. That is correct. That is one for Johnny. I love it. 22. All right, Cody, what is your question? Johnny, how many rookies of the year have the Arizona Diamondbacks had in their franchise history? Ooh, that is a good one. Uh, hmm. I'm going to say I'm going to say 2. The answer is 0. They've never had a rookie of the year. Wow, is Cor- is Corbin Carroll uh, will he could he qualify this year? I think he's still considered yes, a rookie, will. so yes, he could he be. Will. He could be the guy. Wait, you guys are giving yeah. him the award already? Be the yeah, we're wow. giving. Yeah, we're crowning him already. Christian Walker had career highs in dingers and RBIs for the D-backs. He's their best player. What were those two numbers? I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say twenty-eight and ninety-five. Not bad, not bad. You're a little off. It was 36 and 94. He had 36 home runs. He was fourth wow. in baseball in home runs. But you were close. Okay. You were. It, we'll call that respectable. Uh, Cody, your question. Johnny Tory Lavello has been the manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks since 2017. Who did he take over for? Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, this is so easy, too. This is so easy. Uh, I, I'm drawing a blank. What do you got? That'll be the head coach of the University of Arizona Wildcats and former A, Chip Hale. Oh, Chip Hale. The pride of San Jose, baby. The great friend of the program, Chip Hale. Great, okay. Another great leader of men. Johnny, next, how does Johnny know the Snakes trivia game? Are you ready for your next question? I'm ready. Let's go. Who am I? I am the only Diamondback to throw 200-plus innings last year. The only Diamondback to throw 200-plus innings. Who am I? Uh, gosh, dang it, man. I'm just on the spot right now. It's, it's just I Know your snakes. You know your snakes. You've got to know your snakes, too. You've got to know your snakes. And uh, it was, uh, I don't know, who you got? Uh, that would be Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly. Coming back from thoracic outlet syndrome was the only Diamondback to throw 200 innings or more. Last question. You can do the uh, one about the one you gave me inside. Uh, yeah, yeah. Last question. 
who was the last Arizona Diamondback to win the National League Cy Young Award? Well, I can tell you this. It will be Zach Gallen in the future. I'll give you that. But I would say, is it Randy Johnson? That is incorrect. It's the great Schilling. Incorrect. It's a right-hander. Sinker. Thanks, Sinker. Thanks, Sinker. More recent. I'm going to say. uh, Two Seamer. Diamondbacks Television, pre and post. That doesn't help me. (laughs) (laughs) To be the great Brandon Webb. Brandon Webb, oh, with his two-seamer. Gosh, dang it. My what? fault. Sorry, guys. I got I to brush up on my D-backs, obviously. And I'll throw you a softball. Who's the all-time winningest manager in Diamondbacks history? Uh, call me crazy. Call me nuts. I'm going to say Buck Showalter. That's also incorrect. It's Tori Lovello. Man, you really got to brush up on the wow. D-backs. Wow. Oh, know your man. snakes. <laughs> and this edition. I got to clean it up. And, th- and this edition of Know Your Snakes brought to you by the Commerce Department of Scottsdale, Arizona. And don't forget, we, what, what's big down there? Special K? There's Special K. Yeah, Special K is big. Special K. Know Your Snakes brought to you by Special K in Arizona, all the different counties. Um, I always ask you guys for change-ups, too. I said, throw me a change-up. Don't tell me what you're going to ask me. And I, it obviously backfired today. I, I was I was terrible. Well, he tried to get me. He said, name the only Diamondback that's had a major award. And I went, me went Randy Johnson. And you go, oh, oh, no, no, yeah, oh, I mean the latest. Like, Alex Trebek asked me the question, and then when I got it right, he tried to change the question. He changed it. Yeah. Come it's on, Commander. Garbage. Come on, Commander. I completely forgot that. Fake news. I completely forgot about Randy Johnson. He's fake news. Yeah, you forgot about the guy. What do you win? I forgot, about, I, I forgot about the greatest pitcher in franchise history. <laughs> didn't you win four in a row? Didn't Randy yeah. win four in a row there? 99, 2000, 2001, 2002. Yeah, you forgot about that, but you you remember Brandon Webb. Because he did it most recently. Recency bias, as they call that. (laughs) All right, big weekend for it. You know what, Johnny? It it does become tough to start covering uh, and remembering everything when we have split squad games. Like, all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute. We got one team in Vegas, and we got one team in Goodyear. So, over the weekend, what really stood out for you for for our games? Because we got a lot of games and a lot of innings going. Well, you know, there there was there was we saw some saw some good things. I mean, we saw Lawrence Butler once again was was incredible with a, with a uh, couple of hits. He had a beautiful beautiful diving catch in right field. I guess for me, like it was exciting to see the youth movement. You know, you, one of the, one of the games you had Max Muncy starting, Zach Geloff starting, Lawrence Butler in there. So that was exciting. We saw some decent pitching. Uh, look, it's it's you know, one thing I like about you know as you get into early March, get into like, now we're in March 7th. We're going to see guys playing a little bit longer. We're going to see maybe a lineup that looks more uh, similar to what we'll see on opening day. But I, I just thought it was, it was great. Those kids going to Vegas and getting an opportunity to start and uh, you know, a, a knock for Max Muncy and uh, just seeing all those guys get going. It, it was, it was pretty cool. I, I look, I think this team is uh, um, it's got some, it's got some exciting potential. Uh, the, this uh, Oakland A's team, and yes. just to see some of these young kids play was 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 the most exciting thing for me. You know, that's the thing that you know we're trying to tell people. I, you know, we can't predict how many games, and we can predict. I don't know if we're going to be right or not. And obviously, the win totals that you're seeing out of Vegas, they just had new ones posted today, uh, USA Today, whatever. The one thing that's going to be different is we've got a lot of athletes. We got a lot of good athletes, and I think mm-hmm. you're seeing that at spring training. That will be the big difference from year to year. We've got a lot to watch. No question. And like I think just all the guys that came over in those trades, the pitchers, the position players, 
Uh, and plus, you know, sprinkled in with some of those veteran guys, you know, like a Seth Brown and Laureano. And of course, with Oledmus Diaz and Jace Peterson coming over, those are good ball players. And I think just it's going to be a pretty good mix this year. I think it'll be a little different. I, I see the over under at 59. I just can't imagine they wouldn't win more than 59 games just looking at that lineup and looking at some of the guys uh, with, you know, the potential of what they're going to do. So today should be fun with, uh, with, with Fuji. It's a pretty good pitching matchup with Fuji and Zach Allen. That's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, look, we're going to see uh, Fuji's going to be up to 50, 55, maybe 60 pitches, you know. So, you know, between Fujinami and, and uh, Sears, Kotze says he's hoping to get six or seven innings out of those two guys. So uh, this should be a lot of fun today. And, you know, Fuji was, you know, like he was pretty geeked up on that second inning, probably trying almost too hard. First inning went smoothly, walked some guys in the second inning, loaded the bases, got that double play ball. But the stuff's electric. He's got that splitter at 91, 92. That fastball runs up 97, 98. So I, I can't wait. It's like Christmas Eve last night. I can't wait to watch this game today. It's it's insane to think that someone can basically take a baseball, split his fingers in the baseball, and still throw it 92 miles an hour. It makes no sense. It makes no sense if you think about a splitty. Throw it 90, 92. These guys are what an athlete. I mean, just incredible gift be able to throw that hard 91 92 it's amazing well you start looking at the outfield and you want tough tough decisions and you start looking at you know you know ramon Laureano, seth brown if, if first base is going to play out to where you're going to get a lot of either noda or dermis or how that's going to work uh, aguilar is going to get some time over at first base you got a crowded outfield and Connor Capel's hitting once again. I liked him last year. I was high on him going into this spring. Christian Pache. I, I mean, that's kind of really like the the one we're watching. Knowing that he's out of options, every at-bat is so big for him. What are you seeing? Well, you know, look, I, you know, he had an infield hit the other day, and that, then he came out in the, the next at-bat, just a line drive base hit to left. I think he's 7 for 18 right now, obviously. The defense speaks for itself. You know it. You've seen it more than I have, but just made a beautiful leaping grab in the first inning of that game the other day. Uh, and, you know, he's trying to make a make a statement here. He knows that he's out of options. No, he has to have a great spring. But, look, it is a crowded outfield. It's Stavery Ruiz, obviously really talented in center field. He's going to try to win the job. J.J. Bleday is going to try to win that job, too. So, Bleday, uh, you know, you got a lot of talent out there in the outfield. So we're, we're going to see these guys, uh, they're, they're battling. I love the fact that there's this spring competition. These yeah. guys are battling for these spots. I think it's exciting, makes for fun spring baseball, and makes it fun for Ace fans to see not only what you're going to see at opening day, but what you're going to see possibly in the future. And just because a guy starts off in Vegas doesn't mean he's going to finish in Vegas. The A's make a lot of moves, guys up and down. So uh, for these guys that are, that are going down, even the non-roster invitees that are going down, to triple a going down to minor league camp those are guys that you never know they they got a chance yeah. to to uh to get to oakland this year so it's an exciting time for sure yeah you know when you say competition I, I, it's fantastic because last year what were we really talking about this year it's really competition and you know we know ruiz has got incredible speed and what he's flashing and what you guys probably saw down at AAA at times last year, he's got some pop, too. He does. He does. He has pop. He has speed. He has instincts. And the question is, will he hit enough? You know, that's that's the question, Tony. He really is. You know, because he obviously, he gets on base. This guy, he gets on base enough, he's going to steal 80, 85 bases. He just is. He's just got that kind of speed. Just We had an opportunity to watch him go first to home on a double. 
Uh, I saw him last year go first to third on a single, and it's just blazing speed. And in the outfield, he can go get it. So uh, he's going to be exciting for A's fans to watch. J.J. Bleday, another good athlete, though. Bleday's going to have something to say about it for Ruiz to get that center field job because Bleday's a solid player, too. Came over from the Marlins. Good plate discipline. Uh, good outfielder. Tremendous athlete. So those two those two should be in uh, quite a battle. Of course, Loriano. You, and you have Loriano out there. You have, you have Loriano and you have Ruiz in center. Pretty pretty solid outfield pro. You Even Bleday and right. And uh, Ruiz in center. I don't know if those two will both make the club, but uh, you're going to have a lot of speed in this A's outfield uh, this year, especially in center and right. And that's going to be fun to watch. You know, we were just talking about this with Jessica Kleinschmidt. I've know I know I've asked David Force about this before. Uh, when you're when you're talking about you know whether you're pitching in Arizona, you're pitching in Vegas, you're pitching in Reno, you're pitching in Colorado Springs. It really is hard to judge. I mean, A, offensively, nobody's that good, right? We got guys who have these crazy numbers, and you know you're that, that good. Yeah. But really, on the pitching side, these guys, it's not it's, – I want to say it's not unfair, but it is a reality. you got to deal with it. But their numbers aren't that bad. Just talk about you were around it, and, you're, and we talk about it at spring training sometimes too. It's tough to pitch, and you really can't judge a guy by his numbers. You can't. Uh, you see a guy uh, – you see a guy in the – a PCL with a six and a half or a seven. And you know, people say, oh, his numbers are his numbers. Well, yes, yes and no. A guy could have allowed 12 runs in, in one inning in Albuquerque. I mean, Albuquerque, El Paso, Vegas, Reno. I mean, they're Cracker Jack boxes. The ball flies. So you really can't judge it. I always ask scouts, how do you judge it? They go, well, we look at different things. We're not really looking at ERA. We're kind of watching, kind of seeing, you know, and, and judging on that and, and judging on, on different different variables. But yeah, it's it's different, which which makes me even more blown away with what Zach Gallen did in his brief time in the Pacific Coast League. I think he had 14 starts. His area was 1.77. Now, granted, wow. half his games were in New Orleans, which is a pitcher friendly ballpark for the for the PCL. But uh, having to pitch in all those other ballparks, just amazing what this guy was able to do in in that league. Pound the zone, pound the zone down, get a lot of weak right. contact, and that you keep the ball out of the air in elevation and in thin air, it definitely helps out. Uh, you went to Vegas. We all know what happens in Vegas. How did you make out? Did you leave better than you arrived? You know what? I did only because uh, my wife and kid were there, and we I really didn't do much do much gambling. So I, my daughter's 17, her first time in Vegas. And we and uh, she wanted to get some walking in, so we walked a couple hours on the strip uh, later at night, and she she loved it. She had never been there, so she had a ball. I did uh, uh, cash one ticket on a on a on a basketball situation. Nice. Uh, so, so that was good. But nice. it was Iowa. It was uh, I think Kentucky and uh, Iowa State. I I, I kind of wimped out. I should have gone money line on both. I just took the points with Iowa State, but I won on both, so I did hit on that. But, Tony, I did not play the tables for the first time in a long time. I did not play the tables in Vegas. Hey, if ever you leave Vegas with more than what you came with, that's yes. called a victory. Absolutely. That is Absolutely. it. There's a reason you have a smile on your face today. Exactly. Exactly. Because I'm talking to you, bro. Come on. Come uh, on, bro. What did your daughter think of Vegas for the first time? Loved it. Loved it. She, yeah, she is, she heard all about it, but she, she loved all the lights. She loved it. There's a, people say there's nothing for someone under 21 to do in Vegas. It's not true. There's a lot yeah. of stuff. So she, she enjoyed it. She enjoyed walking around. She went to the forum shops and 
my wife took her over there. So they had a ball. They, they had a ball. They really enjoyed it. It was kind of spur of the moment because they were coming to Arizona, so they switched their flight to Vegas. So it worked out. Worked out well. Yeah, I think I'd make that trade. Yep. Vegas for Arizona. I love Arizona. Trade. I love Arizona, but I think I'd yeah. make that trade. Uh, yeah. Are you with Vinny today or are you solo? You know what? Kenny just showed up. Ken's going to do some innings with me today, and we'll have him on pregame, and so it's really good to see his face. So he's going to he's going to be here today with me for a few innings, and uh, so that'll be fun. And then tomorrow, Ken and I have that Columbia game, which will be fun. Uh, I'm going to try to get some sound with Holbert Cabrera, the manager, ask what he thinks of Jordan Diaz, uh, you know, get, get some pers- his perspective on it. So I'm looking forward to seeing that Colombian team uh play the A's that'll be fun tomorrow well this is your uh this is your warm-up right here this is your BP go get them today and we're all gonna be uh watching Fuji can't wait to see right I'd like to see a little more control but the stuff is electric (laughs) I hear you I hear you Tony hopefully he has that has the command today against a pretty good uh Diamondbacks lineup should be fun thank you we'll talk to you tomorrow appreciate it buddy thank you Johnny on the spot can be doing the play-by-play today so we got back on the air we're good yeah, actually, I think I know what the issue was. So I think this is just me speculating. I have to ask Jess off the air, but Jess has access to how we do our video stream. I think when she was done, she might have hit end broadcast, and that canceled it for us too. I, didn't I not say she signed maintenance? Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to throw Jess under the bus without yeah. throwing Jess under the bus until wow. later. But wow, I'm, your coworker. You're like, I'm making excuses. I didn't think about it until like towards the very end. Because point fingers. When I went to hit, like, they, there's a thing on here. I know no one cares, but there's a thing. Three dots nobody, to tell you you can kick people like you can take people from the studio and they wouldn't let me with Jess. Mm-hmm. And I think she went to leave and might have hit end broadcast on accident and that ended it for us. So, but we're back on. Yeah, we're good. Johnny was on the air, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. We're all good to go. And we got to play Know Your Snakes. And uh, uh, Johnny knew one. Knew one, he was one for what? One for six. All right. So in 2020, they were 25 and 35. That was obviously the COVID season. The next year they go twenty and twenty. Next next year twenty twenty one they were fifty two and one ten. Yeah, that's not good. Oh, wow, fifty two and one ten, and then a twenty two game improvement last year seventy four and eighty eight. Uh, a lot of talent, but they're they're kind of like the A's. I mean, we don't have as much talent, but you're gonna have to figure out a way to. Win games, and it's not going to be with a bunch of power. I I like the fact. You know what's weird? I was trying to find Pache on our own website. Pache is not his stats are not on our site. Um, what's up with that? When when I looked the other day, he was sitting like three something. Let me see if I can find it real quick for you. What's up with that? I'm looking. Okay, he wasn't in that game, so he must have been. Uh, okay, I got it now. All right. Um, he was on the next page, page two. I got to tell you, my man, Pache, is hitting. He's hitting 389, a 977 OPS. This is exactly what, what we wanted to see. I don't know why. Maybe we can have Tommy Average on. I don't know why it's happening, but this is what you wanted to see. Because just getting Langoliers for Matt Olson's not good enough. It's just not good enough. You need more than that. And if you get if you if you can get Pache to be the guy we were hoping he could be, I don't need him to be Willie Mays. But if he can hit 
and he can play some defense. I mean, not, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I want. I don't want to see him hitting a buck 20 in a month. I want to see him being competitive. And right now, he's being competitive. That's the number one. He, right now, if you look, okay, obviously, Fuji's going to be the headliner, right? If we, if this is a movie, the headliner's Fuji right now. Yeah, agreed. All right? But also starring is Christian Pache. Yeah, they I mean, had three hits on Sunday against the Reds. This is a this is that the A's, the yeah because because what do you do? Pretty sure he hit yeah he hit leadoff too three He's hits out of options, and let me tell you something if someone can grab him they will because of his age. He's not this whole well you know he could go back to AAA. No, he's not. He's out of options. He will be claimed. There is absolutely no question about it. So. If he's not on the big club, he's going to be somewhere else. And how are you going to feel if Christian Pache, and I don't know, he could never have really much of a career, or what if that light goes on, he figures it out, and he's doing it for somewhere, someone else. And all of a sudden, Pache is playing well for somebody else, and Matt Olson is balling for the Braves. How are you going to feel about that? I think you've got to give this kid every opportunity. I agree with you, because we've seen it happen a couple times, and – He's on the lineup today, but I'm sure he'll get in the game today uh, against Zach, Zach Allen's pitching. So, I mean, that's tough ask uh, for anyone because he was so good last year for the Diamondbacks. I mean, I mean, Mid-spring training, so he'll go three innings. I'm serious. I mean, come on. <laughs> but Ruiz is in center. I love how people build this stuff up. Oh, you know, who's pitching today? What, two innings? Hey, people want to tell me how great spring training stats are. Jared Kelnick is hitting like 400 with four home runs. I mean, There's he- never been a person that's told you spring training games or stats are great. Oh, there's people that are excited about spring training. Yeah, people get excited because they just want to get excited. If you're the, the, excited about spring training, I've got this luxury place way out in the the dark part of Mesa to sell you. <laughs> there, there's one thing that too. has no air conditioning. Do you, you want to be excited about spring training? If you're a Royals fan, because they have the best record, I think, in spring, they're projected to lose almost 100 games. So yeah. let's let's on the on spring training. I'm excited about Pache competing. He's competing. He didn't compete last year. He's competing right now. I'm excited about that. And that was his job to make a tough decision. Make the fr- and that's what the front office wants. They want him to have them make a tough decision. We're out of here. Uh, yeah, we got about thirty seconds. So, <sighs> all right, we're playing Columbia tomorrow. Columbia tomorrow, but Diamondbacks today. Ace Cast and Bloomberg nine sixty. If you want to listen, a listen only game tomorrow. Same thing. Thursday, we're going to preview the Padres tomorrow. Thursday, we're playing the Dodgers, and guess who we're previewing? The Dodgers. Wow, that is interesting yeah, I stuff. I know. Coming up next, Fuji, A's, the Snakes. Thank you for watching and listening. We'll see everybody tomorrow. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.